This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Want an easier, faster, and smoother harvest? Choose DeKalb TruFlex Canola. It controls more weeds and lets you spray up to 14 days later than Roundup Ready technology. Plus, add the power of Climate Field View to maximize yield. Ask your retail today. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Hi there, I'm Stephanie Crowley, Editorial Director of Top Crop Manager Magazine. You're listening to a bonus episode of Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. This is the first of two extra episodes we're releasing as part of our Harvest Hub, a week dedicated to sharing tips and insights to help Canadian farmers prepare for a successful harvest. Harvest Hub was born after discussions within our team kept circling back to 2019's Harvest from Hell. Like every year, farmers in each province experienced varying growing and harvest conditions. But in the prairies, just about every poor weather event possible happened. Snow, rain, drought, wind and hail, to name a few. In Alberta's Peace region specifically, which was arguably the worst hit, about 40% of crops were left unharvested in mid-November 2019. Ontario crops, particularly those in the southwestern region, were planted late due to non-stop wet conditions in spring 2019, and a snowfall in early November added fuel to that fire. Add in trade wars, railway disputes, oh, and a global pandemic. And well, I think that's enough reminiscing for now. This spring, the Ag Twitter community shared pictures and videos from hashtag Harvest19, but with the hashtag Harvest20 added as well. What we hope to share with you this week in advance of the true Harvest20 season are resources to help you prepare for what you might face this coming year. No two years in farming are alike, but we can learn from past experiences and be armed with a full toolbox as we trudge forward. In this episode, our Western Field Editor, Bruce Barker, chats with Charlie Springer, a project leader with PAMI, the Prairie Agricultural Machinery Institute, about grain storage. As Bruce says, it's a back-to-basics conversation, but it's timely in any conditions, and a good refresher as you prepare for harvest. Enjoy, and be sure to listen to the second installment of Bruce and Charlie's conversation, focused on management of stored pulses. Hello, I'm talking to Charlie Springer, a project leader with PAMI at Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. Charlie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Bruce. Uh, Today we're going to go back to the basics with a review of grain storage principles. First, let's start off with some definitions. Uh, Charlie, what's aeration and why would you want to do it? So the risk of uh, spoilage depends on temperature and moisture of the grain when it's um, stored in a bin. Um, aeration specifically refers to blowing air through a bin of grain to cool it to a temperature that's safe for storage. Um, so, of course, the ambient air outside the bin uh, needs to be less than the grain temperature to see cooling, um, but even having the fans running will help to mitigate hot spots from forming. And so, what are the best practices for our aeration? Uh, we recommend airflow rates of around uh, 0.1 to 0.2 CFM per bushel. Uh, for Asian, um, and a bin is typically cooled sufficiently in around 24 hours. Okay, and how does how does the aeration compare to natural air drying? So natural air drying helps to manage the moisture content um, in a bin. So it uses the natural air drying 
natural ability there uh, to dry grain in the bin using higher airflow rates. Um, so this is a up around one CFM per bushel is the, the general recommendation. And the ability of the air to dry grain is based on the equilibrium moisture content of a certain grain and the temperature and humidity of the air. And so uh, the airflow rate for both aeration and natural air drying, I guess, would depend on the resistance to airflow or, or the static pressure um, in the bin. Uh, why is it important to understand that? So resistance to airflow is the amount of pressure that a fan has to overcome to push air through a grain bulk. Um, we measured in inches of water and uh, using a static pressure gauge at the fan outlet. So by measuring the static pressure, uh, we can use it to size a fan for a, a specific bin um, or to determine if the fan is supplying sufficient airflow to achieve aeration or natural air drying. Four factors um, affecting static pressure. Um, grain size is one of them. So the smaller the grain, the smaller the space between the grain that the air has to move through, so the higher resistance. The deeper the grain bulk in a bin, um, also the higher resistance push air through. Interestingly, airflow rate, the faster you try and push air through the grain, um, the more resistance and back pressure you have. Um, and lastly, although minimal, um, different distribution systems or ducting uh, will contribute some resistance um, depending on how far from the fan to the quantum of the bin. Are there other factors that affect natural air drying? So in addition to the said grain depth has, definitely has an effect. So we often recommend um, in larger bins in particular where the fan might not be um, large enough to achieve enough airflow for natural air drying, um, not to fill the bin as full. So if you're trying to dry grain, just fill the bin partially full until it's dry. Also ensuring that you have enough um, headspace ventilation um, at the roof to help get the warm, moist air out of the bin and prevent condensation um, is important. So the rule of thumb is about one cubic feet um, per thousand CFM. And in particular for oil seeds and pulses, they can respire for a couple weeks um, after harvest. So this poses a risk of hot spots, even if the grain is dried and cooled. Um, so careful monitoring is encouraged so in case you need to turn the fans back on to manage both the moisture and temperature during that time. There's been some discussion over the past few years about um, when fans should be run. Should they be run continuously, only during the day, not at night? Um, what's, what's your opinion on, on what farmers should use for natural air drying? Yeah, so my first recommendation is always if possible, to run the fans continuously until safe storage conditions are achieved. Um, if you turn them on, um, off at some point for an extended period, that moisture front as you're moving it through the grain could stall and um, create a, an isolated spot where spoilage could occur. But a lot of these strategies that you mentioned are really um, based on the equilibrium moisture content charts um, and understanding at a real-time condition what the grain and air temperature and moisture are um, in order to make decisions. So using those charts are your best tool for managing drying in a bin. Um, of course, in conditions where it's raining or very cold and damp, um, it might be, it's likely wise to turn the fans off so you don't reintroduce excess moisture. 
given all these interactions, um, let's look at some scenarios uh, on fan strategy. If the goal is safe storage for all grain types in a variety of ambient conditions, what's the best strategy? So this, um, if you're just trying to yeah get safe storage, running those fans continuously um, is the best um, general strategy if you don't want to focus too much. But for example, if you want to minimize the amount of fan hours, um, that's when you would um, only run your fans when the air um, is a cap capacity to drive. So when the EMC um, is less than the grain moisture. Okay, and if you want to get uniform moisture content throughout the bin, how would a farmer go about doing that? One way to do this um, could be to run fans um, during the day only until your moisture content is, is within about 1% to 2% of dry, and then run fans at night until the grain is cool. Um, so this will, this will help even it out in the last, the last um, few days. Um, but it's important that the ambient conditions are play a, a large role. Um, so this is a general guideline, but um, won't work all the time. Now, we all remember the 2019 harvest where there were such difficult uh, conditions, and a lot of farmers were looking to add supplemental heat to their natural air drying. Um, can you explain how that can help and how farmers would go about doing that? Yeah, so supplemental heat is a, a really good tool for, for turning um, bad drying days into good drying days. Um, and so how this works is we add heat um, to your natural air drying or aeration system um, to increase the inlet air. Um, as a rule, from increasing the air temperature by 10 degrees Celsius will actually cut the humidity in half. So if you look at your um, EMC, ch EMC charts now, um, the, the drying that you could achieve um, is a lot greater. Are there any rules of thumb for using supplemental heat? Um, so yeah, we've, we've worked to put together some really good advice for using supplemental heat in the last while. Um, firstly is use a, a, certified, a CSA certified heater um, where, where possible. There's a lot, we've seen a lot of um, farmer um, setups, um, but we want to make sure that you, it's operating safely and you don't um, add the additional risk of setting your grain on fire. Um, make sure you have a high enough airflow rate. This is particularly important when adding heat because um, you want to match the rate at which you're drawing uh, moisture out of the grain, and that's based on the temperature of the air. And then match that with the airflow rate, which is actually moving that moisture out of the grain bulk. So one CFM per bushel is the minimum recommended uh, when using um, supplemental heat. Uh, try and limit your air temperatures uh, to 15 C or less. This helps to reduce your fuel costs um, and potential for overdrying. Usually don't try and exceed a temperature over 30 C. That's what you're going to see on a hot summer day, so try and try and balance that. You don't want to overheat the grain. And then after the grain has reached its moisture content, uh, you would still want to uh, cool that grain down as well? Absolutely, yeah. That's the last thing is you want to make sure you cool it back down um, below 15 um, degrees once you've achieved a safe moisture. Now, there's a couple different ways, I guess, of adding um, supplemental heat. It can be 
upstream of the fans, uh, on the outside of the fans, or it can be between the fan and the bin. Um, what are some of the pros and cons of, of those two uh, types of installation? For sure, yeah, there's lots of different systems coming up. Uh, the advantage of upstream, um, adding upstream heating, is that it's easy to implement um, and move between bins. Um, you're adding it before your fans that are installed on your bin. Um, there is some risk um, that you overheat your fan, depending on um, how hot your heater is. Um, in comparison, a downstream heater, um, you've removed that risk to your fan with the heat, um, but it's not easy to move between bins, so it's a more permanent setup. Okay. Um, well, Charlie, that's a lot of information to uh, to absorb. There's a lot of um, factors involved in in managing uh, green crops in, in bins. Where can farmers farmers go to find out more information? We, we've compiled a lot of um, good fact sheets and resources for producers on our, our website at pami.ca slash storage. Um, we've also helped um, staff gag to develop some fact sheets specific to principles for aeration and natural air drying as well. So there's lots of good resources floating around there. Okay, thanks Charlie. I, I appreciate you sharing your time and knowledge with us. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts.